0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday show. It's a show that's welcomed this breather from the Euros. Last night we played a little FIFA, watched some classic games on YouTube. It's good to have a break from football sometimes, you know. On today's pods we're looking ahead to the last 16, a time when vague hope turns to tentative optimism and tabloid newspapers start banging on about sunbeds and dad's army. Can England beat those pesky penalty kings Germany? Can Wales further their latest continental adventure? Does anybody really care about Austria, Czech Republic and Switzerland? To answer these questions and much more, I'm delighted to be joined today by two guys who are as stylish as Bobby Mank and as well-spoken as Gareth Southgate. First up, it's Gareth Mancini, otherwise known as Ali. You well, pal? <laughs> I am well, thanks. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I thought you might. And uh, next up, we have Roberto Southgate. It's Lloyd. <laughs>
1: Roberto <laughs> Southgate. Uh, I think geez. if
0: I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go for Roberto Southgate. Yeah. yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you both? You well? Yeah. All right, oh. mate. Happy it's, um, happy it's Friday. Got, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend is here and some decent football is coming back on, um, starting tomorrow with the big one of, of course, um, Wales. But before we get to that, we're going to look back at Tuesday night games. Um, England progressed, Scotland did not, England disappointed, Scotland went out valiantly, if that's not too patronising a term. I mean, Croatia showed up, um, sadly. So, let's kind of look back and then we'll start with you, Ali, with Scotland. Does um, that really what it comes down to, the fact that Croatia are, they remain a very dangerous team and they just turned up on the night?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I did this pod a couple of weeks ago just on the, uh, on the eve of the tournament starting and I said I was, I, mean, I think I was probably the least uh, optimistic about Scotland's chances of all of us um, and my my thinking was that I didn't see where we were going to get any goals from uh, and I thought we would really struggle uh, and as it turned out, um, you know, scoring, when you score one goal in three games you really can't. Expect to do much better than than go home, and that is how it turned out. Meanwhile, the teams we played against—we I mean, will talk about Croatia, but yeah, you know, before that, Czech Republic—they um, found a couple of really good quality goals. I mean, one one world class goal, and then one very good striker's goal, um, and then Croatia. You know, we we matched them toe to toe for forty five minutes, fifty minutes. And then they produced a couple of moments of, of genuine world class. Um we couldn't do that. We don't have that. Um and to be honest, it, it's not only the difference between Scotland and uh Croatia, it's the difference between Scotland and Wales, to be honest, and it's difference between Scotland and most of the teams that have got through to the last sixteen. Um, they have got a player who was or a player or two that are able to turn results around yeah. and and, and pull, a, pull a point or three points out the bag when they need to. Um, and Scotland are just lacking that little bit of quality up front at the moment. So I wasn't at all surprised by what happened. I'm, I'm fairly philosophical about it now. It would have been wonderful to get through. I said before we began that I was just glad to, um, to be in the tournament and anything we got on top of that was a bonus. Um, going toe to toe with England and holding them on, on their own turf is more than a
0: bonus.
2: (laughs) I'm really glad we had that opportunity to have that game and, and, uh, you know, we enjoyed it an, an awful lot more than the English fans did. There's no doubt about that one. Um, and yeah, and, and to be honest, despite, you know, Sadnesses and disappointments and, and, uh, you know, I could point a few fingers at, at, where we just aren't strong enough. Um, I'm really proud of, of the effort that the players put in. And I thought Steve Clark did an astonishing job, you know, going toe to toe with, with three teams, all of whom were, you know, significantly better than we were, to be honest. Uh, and, and, you know, the, those 26 players, many of them came in the pitch, did us proud. So it is what it is. And, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm now, back to the family tree scouring trying to find the Welsh great grandmother
0: <laughs> well I mean Scotland added to the tournament and you know you look at say Poland who did not you know, there's, there's certain teams who have gone out and, at this juncture, and you think, well, you may as well have not been there. Whereas Scotland's yeah. added to it. I mean, I think know. so.
2: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the really good things for this tournament. I think I'll we'll talk about the in the general terms, but I think the the qualifying the, sorry the, the group stages have been really good in this Euros. It's been really. Top quality tournament. There's been some great games. Um, and one of the reasons is that the uh, you know, if you like the minnows um in which I include Scotland and, and Finland and North Macedonia, uh those those teams in particular all turned up and mm. yeah you know, and, and went toe toe with the with the, the big kids who were they were up against. And that added a lot to the tournament and, and Scotland are you know very much
0: in, in that bracket. Thank God, yeah. Um Lloyd we were unsure about whether to talk about the England game because we've discussed it in depth across the pod this week, but you haven't had your say yet. And I'm guessing you've got things to say because, okay, it was a win. Um, England progressed, seven points or you know, no goals conceded. It was a lot of positives, but in terms of the performance, in terms of the safety first approach, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired from my perspective. Um, do you agree with that? Uh yes and no. Like I think ultimately
1: look it's not been that entertaining for sure. Uh two goals is is pretty bad, but it's zero conceded. It's top of the group. Um and ultimately that's what you wanted. Um we've looked pretty secure. I think we've conceded like secondly least, second least xg in the tournament, but we've obviously only scored two goals, so it's a different kind of football, I think, to what generally England have put up in tournaments recently. Um, you know, we've all, we've always been able to score goals. It's been the kind of stuff at the back that's that's been a bit of the problem. And I think, actually, Adam was kind of spot on for me about when he was on the podcast with with you and Howard the other day, just talking about how. You know, City uh, had a bit of a similar problem at the beginning of the season where we were kind of all a bit heads gone at how kind of boring football we were playing. But ultimately, we came out the other side of it. So I think if England can come out the other side of it, you can look at a very kind of similar narrative. The problem is, like Adam said, there's only, what, four more games left and to kind of turn that wheel in that time is obviously very difficult. So I think ultimately, everything comes down to the Germany game, right? If England win then look, everything's going to be very positive. Everyone will look back on the group stages in a completely different way. Whereas if they go out, um, yeah, everyone's going to be... They're going, going to lose their uh, heads, frankly. Yeah. Very yeah. gutted, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly because, you know, the array of talent that Southgate has on the bench um, and, you know, some of the kind of ostracization of the likes of Sancho and whatever is obviously a bit bizarre. So... He's made his bed, um, I think, and it's a results-driven business. So he ultimately, yeah, he'll just be judged on on the next game. Uh, but I, I think so far, where we stand right now, I'm I'm kind of okay. Like it's not been it's not been entertaining, but it's been what it needed to be.
0: Well, as much as I agreed with Adam, also I also agreed with what Howard had to say, which was. You know we've all been in a pandemic now for 18 months it's a it's a major tournament we're all watching it it's a chance to unite the country it's a chance to you know excite and inspire the country um and you know okay it's kind of been half flipping here Howard but he was saying look we're not going to win it we're going to go out anyway let's go out of a bang let's excite the country let's kind of reinvigorate everyone after a really hard time um I'm interested to know what you thought of that, Ali, particularly from a Scottish perspective, because you were just saying there that Scotland don't possess, you know, a, a real kind of player of quality, a world-class game-changing player. England have them by the bucket load, particularly up front. <laughs> so when you're watching that from a Scottish perspective, do you just think, well, just play your best players and just go for it? Uh, You know what? Never mind the Scottish perspective
2: just as a as a football observer mm. um no i don't i'm I'm firmly in the camp that qualifying rounds that are or the group rounds are a different competition to the knockout rounds um and for any team to go through on three clean sheets uh, has set themselves up really well for a tournament ahead um and uh I think if I were an England fan. I, first and foremost, I would want them to get through the group. And when you look at uh, how many teams have struggled in one way or another um, or were taking it down to the final minutes of of the third match in the group um, and looking kind of on the edge, uh, England are looking pretty much okay to me. Um, I This thing of of, uh, entertaining, I don't know... uh, yeah, I think Lloyd's got it absolutely right that it is a results business. And, uh, if they go and beat Germany on Tuesday, then, you know, the, the, the whole half of the draw has opened up in front of them and England will be looking incredibly, um, you know, uh, as comfortable as you could possibly expect, expect to be in, in the last date of a major tournament. Okay. Um, and, and to be honest, I think if, if England beat Germany 1-0 on Tuesday, uh, very, very few English people will be worrying about the, the quality of the performance, um, and, and how flamboyant the, the goals are. We all went into this tournament saying England have got so much creative talent. They'll be able to create goals all over the place. Uh, but particularly not so much the, the defence, but the holding midfielders. We did worry about how much strength they had in the middle of the park. Um, I still worry that when they come up against really good teams and that may or may not include Germany, I'm still not entirely sure about Germany. Um, then they just might not have the quality uh in in the anchor roles, you know, and then in, in the, the the two holding midfielders just might not have the quality to turn um turn defence into attack and, and to create the, the space and the opportunities for the creative players. Um England just might not get the ball on Tuesday. But if they do, um and they can get it to Foden and Grealish and Mountain, whoever's on the pitch, uh I I think England are in, are in pretty good shape. Um, and I think there's this tendency of, uh, England fans and, and particularly England media, uh, to always find the worst possible spin. <laughs> <laughs> like the, 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 um, yeah, the, I, I think it's, it's the entitlement and the, the expectations that, that England should go out and, and be performing at, you know, this kind of elite level every single game without exception. It's just, that's not how international football works. Never has been. Um, you only need to look at the last Euros and, and the way Portugal went through uh, from qualifying third in their group and, and not winning a game until they got to the semi-final. Um, that's how you win at international level. You know, it, you'd, you could be, England could be where Spain are, um, looking a bit ropey and... and unsure in all sorts of areas of the pitch. Mm. But having having turned in a five nil result against you know one of the one of the smaller teams. Um would England be have you know would we fancy ch- England's England chances more if they if they beat Czech public five nil? Um I'm not sure it would make any difference. I, I, I really don't think it's that relevant to to what's to come ahead. Um and I think you know the the fact that they've got an incredibly Confident back four now, um, and that they look really solid defensively is is possibly yeah you know, a much bigger uh, tick in their in their book than anyone has given them credit for.
0: Okay, I I, you, I, I agree with much yeah, and you mentioned there about the kind of um, the dearth of genuine talent in the middle of the park for England. Well, certainly, that's kind of their weak link in comparison to other areas of the pitch. Do you think that's what it comes down to ultimately, Lloyd? I mean, we saw in the first game that Southgate was concerned about playing Mings in defence, so he played Trippier alongside him at a position to kind of, you know, help him along to bolster that kind of area. Do you think, basically, he's compensating for not having a genuine holding midfielder by instead playing two? Or is that just too simplistic a way to, to look at it?
1: No, I think I think he's just gone for solidity and kind of um, just a rigidness in in kind of in the base and I think yeah he definitely I mean he was definitely definitely going to go for two in front of the back four when it was Mings and Stones just because I mean that was Mings how many games has Mings played for England he's got to be less than 10
0: Yeah, it is um,
1: and you know he's probably played less than what uh, probably less than 70-80 Premier League games Um, so he's not very experienced at that level So and yeah I think that's probably why I played Trippier but no, I think look, we'll see I imagine we'll see probably two holding midfielders as, as well against against Germany, um, depending on whether he plays a back five, which is an entirely another debate. Um but no, I think I think it's just just how it goes with international football. Um, you've got to build a solid base. You know, the lads when they're interviewed afterwards, like Raheem did a really good interview. I think he said the, the phrase tournament football like four times in his interview. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, kind of lends and suggests what they're going for. And to come back on what you were saying before and what Howard was saying, I, I must say I'm with Ali. Like, I disagree. I don't think they've got an obligation to um, entertain us. They've got an obligation to win a tournament. That's all, that's all they're here to do. So however they do that, you know, look, if England won the tournament 1 0 every game, I would not give a
0: flying. Well, anything. I I agree, and I'm very much in that camp. But the caveat to that is you can also win a tournament by playing more open, you know, and attacking football. So it's not a case of if they play as they are now, then that greatly increases their chances of winning this tournament. Um, if, they could very easily go out to Germany. And it's going to be so much doom and gloom this week in the in the English press. And Southgate, frankly, you know, there'll be a lot of calls for his head. Um, so it's not kind of one or the other, really. It, it, you can go far in in tournaments by playing, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But, but no, I just I, as a real I, just, I, I,
1: I can under, I can understand I can understand what he's done to this. Point. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. Again, it, it's all just going to come down to how they go against
0: Germany. Well, how will they go against Germany? I mean, Ali. How do you expect this one to go? Kind of, where do you think kind of Germany's strengths lie? Germany are it continue to
2: baffle me at the moment. Um, I, I I know they um, shall we talk about Group F? I mean, it's just uh, I don't think I've ever seen a, a group in in oh, any God. football tournament quite like that one. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, fair enough. Germany got through it somehow. Um, I really didn't think they were going to at one point, um, but then I didn't think Portugal were going to for quite a long time as well. So um, it, it was a bit weird. Uh, the, Germany have got huge problems. I mean, listen to any um, German uh, pundit or or fan at the moment, and they're really worried. And they're really worried about playing England. Uh, there, there's something about their cohesion that's just not there. Um, Gundogan is not performing at all enough. A lot of their players are are well below standard. Um, And there's just something about, uh, there's something missing. Um, And if England can work out what it is and exploit it, I think they'll be fine. But I don't feel confident enough to say what it is exactly, you know, that that kind of synergy that Germany are missing at the moment, um, which makes me reluctant to confidently predict. A result, um, but I think England are are quite firm favourites. The fact that it's a home advantage is uh, you know it's massive. There's no getting away from it. They 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 would even if everything else was equal, um, under pandemic conditions, having a home crowd at Wembley uh, is absolutely massive. So yeah, I, I I put England down as fairly strong favourites. Um, but it, of course it could all go wrong and um, germany could could find the type of form that they found against uh, portugal it was wasn't it uh, from the the one game that they played well um but just the fact that hungary put two past them uh, on Wednesday night would give me huge confidence from England's point of view. Uh, you know, I think if, if Hungary can score twice against Germany, then England certainly can. Um, and I also kind of think that, you know, again, this tournament football that we've been talking about, I do expect those creative players, uh, for, for England to, to begin to turn up now and, and to play slightly differently now. Um, they will be off the leash. Every game is now, uh, you know, win or go home or stay home. Uh and yeah, I kind of I, I expect to see you know Foden and, and whoever else start to deliver the type of perform- performances that we know we can. Uh and yeah, it would be quite nice if they started against Germany.
0: Yeah, well that's that's what it comes down to. I mean they can only perform if they're selected of course and um I, I don't know, I, I can't I can't say it. I I I think basically it's gonna be a case of 532, very solid caution first, avoid defeat over kind of, you know, grab victory. Lloyd, um, are you kind of the same way inclined? Do you think, what kind of setup do you think that Southgate will go for on Tuesday? So in a
1: way, it feels a little bit like the <laughs> the Champions League final for me in the sense that <clears throat> if he plays the team that I think he should, I think we'll have too much for Germany. If, right. he, if he plays a team that I think... Is going to hamstring our own team, then I th- I think we could struggle. Um, it all comes down to team selection. I think if I think if Southgate goes to a back five and plays two and plays Rice and Phillips in midfield just to match up with Germany, I think that's just a really poor move. Um, and actually, I'd, I think that will be too reductive, and it'll probably play into Germany's hands. Um, yeah, okay, we might like do them. in a really shit ass game but England have got far too many good players not to try and control the ball and uh, dominate um, Germany and I think yeah I mean it's been shown you know it's been shown you you can very much you know get up against them like like Ali said like look what Hungary did Um, so if he picks the kind of team that I I would want to see I think I think we should have too much for them I think they've they've shown in midfield that you know Cruz and Gundo are elite players but they are not the best defensively we've seen that you know our, ourselves from Gundo's point of view and he's been quite heavily criticised in the in the German media and there's been lo- there are a lot of calls pre-tournament for them to switch to a back four and get Kimmich back in midfield so yeah it all kind of
2: rests on what team he plays I think for me Can I have both of you guys uh I, is there actually any reason to think that England will go to a back five other than just kind of uh, hunch and, and suspicion? The, the, it looks to me like Southgate has kind of settled into 4-2-3-1 as the way that England plays and, and it looks like his his heart is setting it. You know what I mean? He, he, he seems quite committed to
0: that now. Um, am I wrong about that? I... I really don't know which way I fall on this but as, as regards to what I think Southgate will do I think it's a 50-50 call uh, the big concern for Southgate will be how Germany's wing backs just destroy Portugal's back four um, and so it, you know he'll be concerned of, of a repeat performance of that um, but yeah it, it makes sense to play to his strengths and play to familiarity and particularly in tournament football so I really don't know where. One minute, I think he's going to play back four. Next, I think it's going to be five at the back. I, I really don't know. Uh, Lloyd, what's what's your kind of instinct as regards to, you know, not what he should do, but what he will do?
1: See, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like Ali. I'm a bit perplexed because we've played a, a four in all three games. Um, I think if he'd have played the five, he'd have played it against Croatia, probably, Yeah, the yeah, three yeah, games. Um, and that would have kind of, been you know the nod to playing it in some of the knockout games now everything to me would say that he'd play a back four but a lot of the journalists and people that are close to the England team seem convinced that he's going to play a back five for this game um I I kind of understood that like pre-tournament and you know there's a lot of chat about that pre-tournament but we haven't seen it so it would make really for me it would make no sense and to be honest the way that this England team play Declan Rice basically plays as a third centre-back anyway um, the way yeah. that he drops in between the two, um, between the two center halves. So I think if you play Stones, Maguire, Rice, Phillips, and, you know, say Walker, Trippier as, as fullbacks, that is definitely solid enough defensively for me to have four players ahead of that. So yeah, I'll be really disappointed if he doesn't do that because it, it would be a little bit like Pep Play and Gundo. It would be a move away from what you've kind of basically done so it wouldn't make mm-hmm. much sense to me
0: well and also it, it suggests that Mount won't be selected if he plays in in certainly the kind of the, the lineup that Gary Neville predicted and a lot of people agreed with and um, Mason Mount is you know I know he gets kind of called a teacher's pet and a, you know a, a manager's favorite and all the rest of it Southgate, but there's a lot of truth to that Southgate adores Mason Mount and um, so Mount will start I believe and Yeah, I I, I, I don't think Mount will start because he's just he's he's self isolating. No, that ends the day before the game, though, doesn't it? So he won't have been able to do. I mean, I know
1: that they're looking into like um, having socially distant training sessions where Mount and Chilwell aren't near the rest of the team, but Mm -hmm. he surely can't do all of the a lot of the prep work that will go into. I can't see how Mount starts. Mm. I think you've got to be involved in the full preparation if that's video if that's training sessions if that's
0: tactics etc if he if can't do that yeah I can't see how he plays well in which case I, I can't see him starting Grealish um and possibly Foden but I, I definitely can't see him starting Grealish or Saka for this um Ali can Grealish and Foden start in the same side should they start in the same side uh, I, I think yes, they can, but can, uh, Foden and Grealish
2: and Kane and Sterling all start on the same side? I think the answer to that is no. Right. Uh, and if we, if we all agree that Kane and Sterling are nailed on to start come what may, then something has to go. I think, you know, we're, um, England are not going to be playing only one holding midfielder and, you know, they're not going to play four one four one for example. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. I think I'd, um, I was, I'll be honest, I was assuming Mount Woodstar until I just heard, uh, Lloyd make that case now. And I think Ooh. that's a really intelligent, well, well made case, uh, there, Lloyd. Um, and it does make me doubt whether Mount will. My hunch is, uh, just that he is, uh, as, as you said, Steve, um, uh, uh, Southgate seems to be so attached to Mount. I think he maybe would trust him even without any of the team training mm, beforehand. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think I, I, I still lean towards Mount starting. Um, and I think the team will be something, uh, very like the Croatia game. Uh, so I think Foden probably will start and Grealish won't. Um, then again, I mean, the, 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 I, I wouldn't be, um, I don't think it's impossible that, that uh Southgate pulls some kind of rabbit out of the hat now. Um he it, it it seems uh improbable and it's a bit of a long call but um uh starting Jadon Sancho just because of the terror that he will strike into the yes. defenders oh, yeah. uh, is not the, is not the worst shout and the fact that he hasn't played at all. Um again you know, I repeat I think Southgate probably agrees with me that the qualifying Group is not the same tournament as the uh, as knockout football, uh, and he might have a slightly different approach to knockout football than he did before. So you know, I'd, you know it, it might be in the way that the Saka came in kind of out of the blue in the last match. It might well be that Jadon Sancho does in this game or something similar. Um, but my hunch is I think the most likely thing is the the team that started it, uh, against Croatia will be very very similar to the one that starts against Germany.
0: Okay, and. Um- Let's have a score prediction then. This is a really difficult one. I genuinely have no idea how this is going to go. Um, so I'm just going to throw it in the air and it comes down and it lands at a kind of 2-2, extra time, massive drama, and it's down to the fate after that. Um, Ali's score prediction? Uh,
2: really tight. I think England will win it and I think it might be 1-0 again. Okay. Uh Lloyd?
1: Genuinely no idea. Um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I, pff, yeah, it's it's on the team. Like if that Gary if that Gary Neville team that he tweeted absolutely stinks. If he plays yeah. it, <laughs> it does, it does. I'm gonna be fuming. Uh so if that if that rolls out, I think we'll get beat. If Phil plays and you know, I think the team looks a bit better, I think England should win. Um I'd be confident with like a I think it'll be one goal, two one one nil. Uh, but, yeah, it's so hard to say until like the news dissipates this week about what the team's likely to be.
0: OK. Right, well, let's move on to the big one. Um, Wales v Denmark on Saturday, <laughs> 5 o'clock. I was really, really hoping we'd get Finland or Russia. Uh, now it's for Danes, and I am very, very pessimistic about this. They beat us twice in the Nations League in recent times. And this, I'm not sure whether it's a plus or a negative. Um, Ali, what do you... What do, how do you feel about Denmark? They appear to be riding a huge crest of emotion right now after what happened to Christian Eriksen. Does that make them dangerous, or is that not not ideal for tournament football? Yeah, um, well, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think my
2: uh, my best guess is that um, wave of emotion and the and the, the kind of uh, the the Eriksen effect, if you like, uh, probably won't continued through the entire tournament. Um, it was absolutely massive in the game against Belgium. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, we, we should bear in mind that, that Eriksson's doing okay now. He's sitting up in bed yeah. and he's yeah. chatting to everyone. And you're like, it's not like they're, you know, we have to keep reminding ourselves, you know, he's okay, he's alive. Um, and and everything's, you know, moving on. And, you know, obviously he's, he's very ill and it's very serious. But, um, you know, the, the, it's not as if you know they're they're wearing black armbands and put it yeah I know, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that, that that emotion sort of has to has to uh, run out sooner or later, and I do wonder just in terms of of psychological uh, the the it, when it comes to players and teams hitting their their absolute peak of of preparedness and performance and all the rest of it the fact that they had had that huge rush through their uh group games um i would expect there to be a bit of a kind of psychological anticlimax climax happening to them mm, now yeah. uh where well, they'll be in a bit of a come down from i'm liking this
0: keep going keep and, going <laughs> and,
2: and in a way i think this this might be not a bad time for uh for Wales to be playing Denmark or for anyone to be playing Denmark, um, you know, they, it might be that they, you catch them on the slump rather than the, the, the wave. Yeah. Uh, so it, who knows? Um, You know, they, they could come out, you know, with the kind of passion that they showed in the first half against Belgium and 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 swarm um but i i i don't think we should lose track of the fact that denmark are not that great a team particularly they're not that great a team without christian eriksen sorry to say um he was their star player he was their gareth bale he was their Luka modric um and he's not there now. And, and, you know, obviously that's deeply sad for everyone, not least Christian Eriksen. Um, but it is the, it's the fact of the game. And I think, you know, looking man to man, player to player, Wales are not that far behind. Uh, Denmark, and they've probably got the bit of star quality that, again, we're talking with, with respect to Scotland. Um, Wales have got that international superstar, even, you know, Ramsey almost up in that bracket as well. Um, and they could be the ones to make the difference. And I'm, I'm not sure Denmark have got that kind of, uh, that spark in there. So I'm, I'm, uh, got everything crossed for Wales and, and I wouldn't take anything for granted at all. Uh, but I'm feeling pretty, pretty sunny and optimistic on their behalf, I have to say.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's maybe I'm just not feeling it because I'm Welsh and maybe you know if I step back and look at the big picture, then that's how it how it is. You know, Wales do have a chance here. I just as soon as we got drawn against Denmark, I thought well that's it over for us. Um Lloyd, how much should I be wrong? And let's hope oh, to goodness I am, how much will depend on the likes of Ramsey and Bale to really turn up and turn it on? everything uh to be
1: honest i mean that's <clears throat> that is the case for wales in the big games though isn't it yeah. um i mean just look at the turkey goal like <laughs> literally just those two um, yeah linking up again um and with ali you know i think this is i kind of feel for wales and obviously being like a half Welsh, i'm obviously supporting wales um i kind of feel for wales in that this is Probably the last game where I think the like Denmark Eriksson factor will probably be around. If they, yeah, yeah, If they I were to get it. past, yeah. if they were to get past this game, I think then they're just like quarterfinalists, and it probably dissipates. But I think for this game, it probably still holds a bit of that. Um, oh, everyone wants to see them do well, like bollocks. So that is obviously <laughs> that is
0: different. Oh, we've turned. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: It is, it is, it is difficult for Wales because I think like Conor Roberts did an interview being like basically everyone is supporting Denmark in this mm. game, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and so there's probably something in the mentality making that slightly difficult. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Ali. Like Eriksson was Denmark's best player. Um, he's not playing for obviously incredibly unfortunate reasons, but. They're not exactly the same team without him. Obviously, Darmsgard has looked really good yeah. and has kind of emerged for them, uh, and he's a similar kind of player to Ericsson. Um But w- Wales have equally, like, definitely got the the weapons to, to beat a side like Denmark. I know the record has been poor against them recently, but like you said in the question, mate, um, Bale and Ramsey, you know that's where it's at.
0: Well. Yeah, let's quickly move on because it's making me really nervous. It's too early in the morning <laughs> to be this nervous. <laughs> but I hope is, to goodness you right. going to start, do
1: you think? Is he I believe
0: in? so. We just look better as a unit when he starts. And in the games leading up to the tournament, there wasn't a big clamour for him to start. But every Welsh fan basically said the same, which is when he came on as, as a sub, as he often did, we just would improve in-game. And so I was delighted to see him starting in Switzerland. Got his goal, and um, yeah, I I expect him to start. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, well, what about the the rest of the games? Um, I mean, we've talked in depth about Italy on previous pods. Um, let's just kind of quickly touch on some of the other big hitters. Um, a really intriguing one, Ali, for me is Holland. They scored more, more games, more goals than anyone else in the group stage. Kind of written off before a ball was even kicked. Um, how have they fared, Holland, so far? And how do you think they'll get on in the last sixteen? I think uh, that group was the most disappointing in terms of the quality of football
2: played. Mm. Uh, uh, Holland were actually pretty good, particularly going forward. Um, Denzel Dumfries. Uh, yeah, who, Still determined to claim for Scotland, obviously. Um, oh, uh, yeah, he, he's he's yeah uh, you know, been a, a stand one of the standout players <laughs> of the tournament, I think. Um, but I, I was I was talking to a, a Dutch person uh, on Twitter the other day uh, who's saying that their defence just hasn't been tested yet at all, really, mm. um, and that they suspect whenever they they come up against talented forwards they will crumble, um, which had been the story of, of Holland over the last year or two, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the the Big story of that group was how, um, particularly Ukraine have underperformed. They've looked really poor. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, yeah, the, the other teams in that group didn't really offer much either. So, uh, they're a bit, uh, I think, um, Netherlands are a bit untested. Um, but it will, you know, who knows, it, it could come good for them. Um, but it almost never does with, <laughs> with so I'm kind of assuming it won't. Um, I kind of think that, uh, the, the, the they will end up as Wales's quarterfinal. Is that right? I yes. Mean, yeah. So, yeah. Um, again, you know, If Wales were to get past Denmark, I think it's a fairly similar game. Again, yeah, you know, it would be. Yeah, you know, Wales are are not a bad shout to go. Yeah, you know, a bit further without tempting fate too much. Oh. Um, there's, there, there's, yeah, the, it, it's a, it's a good, very, very good half of the draw. You've uh, found it, yourselves in. Yeah,
0: it absolutely is. Um, okay well I mean I wanted to talk about Belgium and I want to talk about Portugal they both happen to be playing against each other um, on Sunday so Lloyd let's kind of combine the two how do you see that particular game going um, who do you kind of who do you rate the highest out of the two teams I guess ah oh, definitely Belgium
1: I think um, they've shown a few things that are pretty bad I think particularly in, until De Bruyne turned up um, yeah I think Les made like a great point actually on Twitter um, which is that Martinez has insisted on playing Kev I don't if you've noticed over the last few years every time there's an international break De Bruyne literally plays every single minute available for Belgium and that's great because he's obviously the best midfielder in the world, but it's not great because then when he's not available, you haven't brought through other players who are experienced enough at international level to be able to take some of his mantle when he's not around. Um, however, when he has been on the pitch, his link up with Lukaku is
2: eleven. Soft. Eleven.
0: I did it yesterday, mate. Eleven assists during the time they've both played for Belgium. De Bruyne has created 11 assists for Lukaku. I mean, there are a million footballers out there who would kill to have 11 assists for their country, whereas Kevin De Bruyne (laughs) has just had 11 (laughs) just for one particular (laughs) player, which is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, silly. Um, So, I think Belgium's problem is, as we discussed when we did the preview pod, like, defensively, they're they're not the team they were three or four years ago, where Vertonghen, Alderweireld, you know, the guys have... Uh, Pochettino Spurs team, where you know they're kind of the envy of Europe. Um, so they've got that, they've got that side, but they've got so much firepower. Um, obviously, Hazard has got a bit more game time in his legs. Um, uh, when Kev obviously is, is looking fitter, so I'd expect them to have too much for Portugal. Portugal kind of disappointed me actually. I think I rated them higher pre tournament than what I've seen from them. Um, I, they they managed the game well against France, but I was expecting a bit more midfield from them. I think the fact that Renato Sanchez has come in to the team for the last game is quite indicative of the fact that basically Carvalho and Danilo have been absolutely shite. I think in the, they've been they've kind of been what England fans were fearing uh, in kind of Rice and Phillips. Um, at least Phillips, you know, has shown that he, he can take the ball and move forward with it. They, they've just been two chuggers, just. Slopping some water around in uh, in front of the back <laughs> four, they've they've been really bad. So I, I, I would I'd fancy Belgium, um, but obviously, you know you've got to press it that by saying, you know Portugal have got loads of world class players. So those kind of games, one off, you know knockouts, it could go either way. But I, th- I, I think Belgium should go for it.
0: I think it was all about Belgium's entire tournament was all about bringing Eden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, and Axel Vittel, Back to full fitness without suffering a relapse along the way, and so far so good. It's working out well for him. They're getting minutes in the legs. De Bruyne has created more chances than any other player in the tournament. He's played for 135 minutes, um, and then looking quite sharp. Hazard had less over the other two, I would say. Um, Vittel has a 98.5 percent pass accuracy, which is a staggering. <laughs> Um so those two are so key to Belgium and, and they're coming back into form and, and well not form, sorry, fitness. So yeah, I, I fancy Belgium to go far. Um the last nation I just want to touch on quickly, Ali, uh Spain. Is it too simplistic to say that basically Spain just need a really reliable goal scorer in number nine and then they'll be
2: okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I think it probably is. Um uh, a bit simplistic, but yeah, the the Murata story is is, is, <laughs> is, is it, that's the best comedy of, of this uh, tournament, I think so far. Really, just oh god, your your heart bleeds, the <laughs> poor lad.
0: <laughs>
2: In between the laughter, obviously. Um, you know, I, uh, it's been a bit of a funny one. Um, you know, until they produced that performance against Slovakia. Uh, then, you know, they were looking really quite iffy. Um, and, and I have to say, not just with my, uh, sky blue shirt on, um, they look so much better when Ferran Torres is in the middle for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's been great this tournament, and yet every time he's been on the pitch, he's looked really dangerous and unscored. Yeah, particularly the flick the other night was, was outstanding. Um, so Spain have got options, um, but it's, yeah, I don't know, nobody, uh, Nobody seemed to fear them or rate them too highly going into the tournament. Um and in the first couple of games we kind of saw why. Uh but they're they've got so much quality that it's really hard. A bit a bit like with Germany, you can't quite see why it's not been working for them lately. Yeah. Um and of course, you know, it's not that long ago that they, they did Germany five nil and and of course they they be England in the Nations League and not that long ago as well. Um, so they've got an, an enormous amount of quality there and they're one of those teams that you wouldn't be surprised if they just kept winning every game until they got all the way. Um, and yeah, that, uh, they've, they've moved up, I would say, my, uh, my, list of favourites for the tournament from somewhere around eighth to probably somewhere around fourth now I think Spain after seeing yeah. what they did in the qualifiers.
0: I, I was right I wrote them off before the tournament. I, I anticipated the two big flops to be Spain and Holland, so what do I know? Yeah. But um actually while while we're on that can I
2: can I would I, I missed out in the previous conversation. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that when I was here two weeks ago I tipped Belgium to do really well and and had a feeling that Portugal were gonna crash out in the first round. And I when they were eighty four minutes against um mm-hmm. uh what, what, what were they called uh portugal i guess Hungary, sorry um 84 minutes without scoring i, I thought i'm i'm so on to like yeah, yeah. smog mode here. and um, and, also, and, so. then, and then yeah and then the final game like i mean there were several times i thought portugal are going to get beaten by france and they're going home um so yeah i uh, I, I i'm very uh uh feel validated in what I said about both Portugal and Belgium. I think Portugal are, are still um the Ronaldo factor I think is as much of a curse as a blessing as I said the other week. Um I think they spend too much time trying to get the ball to him and too little time playing as a team. And I think I uh, I struggle to see why Spain aren't fully functioning and I struggle to see why Germany aren't fully functioning, but I think I can see why Portugal aren't fully functioning. And uh, there's absolutely no chance they're going to put that right because they were, they're going to continue to build around Ronaldo, whether it's working or not. Um, and I think Belgium will beat them quite comfortably.
0: Fair enough. Well, we're going to go through the games very, very quickly in a minute. Just kind of one word, which team we fancy, but just one quick thing on Morata, which I love. Last year on Instagram, Morata's girlfriend posted a picture of him and and her together sitting by a lake in these huge grounds. And it was during the height of lockdown and someone beneath responded with, "Um, you're not supposed to do that right now. We're not supposed to be going out and about. We're on lockdown and she replied with, um, this is our house. Mr. Kelly. <laughs> this is where we live. I was like, oh, the lives of footballers. Jesus. Um, right, Lloyd and Ali, just kind of one word answers. I'll go two. um Wales, Denmark. I'm going Denmark. Lloyd? Oh, come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you go Wales? I, we're not, not, not going to win, mate. Pretty, you don't think what you're going to win? Really, I'd, I'd love us to win. I would give an organ for us to win, but we're not going to Wow, I'm going Wales to win. Okay. Ali? Wales and penalties. Oh, don't do don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh Italy, Austria, straightforward for me, Italy, Lloyd. Uh, I think three of us will probably agree, yeah. Yes. Italy, Italy. Italy. Okay. Uh Holland, Czech and Holland. Uh you guys? Yeah, I think I th- I think Holland, yeah. Yeah, Holland, but it's tight, and I wouldn't be at
2: all surprised if Czech did them. No.
0: Oh. Um, Belgium, Portugal. Um, I'm going for a quite high scoring win for Belgium. A high scoring is regards to like a 3 2, something like that. Uh, Ali?
2: Yeah, a more comfortable win, I think, like 3 uh, 1, uh, Portugal. Okay, sorry, 3 1, Belgium.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. I think a couple of goals um, in it for Belgium, marking 3 1. Okay. Croatia, Spain. I think Croatia will surprise, and I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think it's going to go to extra time um, and I think, you know what, I'm going to, look, I'm going to back Croatia here. Uh, Lloyd? I think this is a really tight one.
1: Um I agree. I think it could go to extra time and I'm not really sure from there. I think it could go either way.
2: But yeah. I reckon, I've got a feeling Spain actually might get through. Okay,
0: Ali? Yeah, I feel it for Spain, but uh, I, I wouldn't get told surprised surprised if it went the other way. Um France, Switzerland, oh, this has got 2 nil France all over it for me. Yeah, yep. Lord, I mean, Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Agree. I think France will definitely go for it. Although
1: I don't know. If we I don't know if we've mentioned this. They're they're seemingly having this massive injury problem. Yeah. Yeah. Five players now are injured for them. So
0: none of them are key, though, are they? I don't think so. I mean, they're all more kind of fringe players. Or I I didn't follow the story. No, nah, Hernandez, the left back, and Luka Dean are both injured now. Right. Okay. So I don't know who they who they're going to play left back uh england germany we've already discussed i think we're all going for kind of um germany uh, sorry we're all going for england <laughs> that genuinely was a mistake honestly it really, honestly it was um, yeah, 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 yeah. sweden um sweden ukraine it's oh god sweden for me but that's the, the surprising me sweden to be fair um well what about you two
2: I, I I think Sweden has surprised me how good they are Ukraine has surprised me how bad they are uh, wouldn't be at all surprised if that flips around when they play each other but the smart money would be in Sweden to win at the moment they're
0: looking a better team I, I sounded surprised by the way when I saw talk about Sweden and Ukraine because I forgot that Ukraine were in it I genuinely overlooked that they were still <laughs> I forgot they got through they, they disappointed me so much I actually thought they'd excellent. Uh Lloyd, Sweden, Ukraine? Everything Ali said OK Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, the last question. Um, from what you've seen so far, Ali, if City could sign one non English player from this tournament, who should it be?
2: Okay, well, I, I, I haven't been watching this uh, tournament singing the cheeky cheeky sign him up song. You know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's not been that many players that have leapt out at me. And I'll, I'll uh, since you said, uh, or at least on the bit paper you said last night, uh, you said non English player. Mm. Um, there's absolutely zero chance of us being able to sign him, but Billy Gilmore,
0: absolutely. Nice, nice. love it.
2: At, at, at 20 years old, the, the performance he put in against England was just absolutely sensational. So th- there's an excuse for me to mention that before we uh, sign off. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I love a look of a lad, I really do. Um, Lloyd? Easy for me, uh, Lukaku. Yeah.
1: I think he's, um, mm-hmm. He has really shown probably to people, I am not someone that, pretends to watch Syria, but I've, I have watched a few games that the CAC has been in this season and it's clear that the guy that was at United is not the guy yeah. uh, that exists now his touch is much better um, the way he brings everybody else into play is a really really kind of throwback um, kind of old number nine that genuinely pins defenders and now brings his technical quality back into it I think he's yeah unreal and I think he'd, he'd work
0: um, and fit like a glove for us. Yeah, from all the the welter of cock ups that can be attributed to Old Trafford in the last kind of decade, and um, the biggest one surely is just not sorting out Lukaku's injury, Um because of a difference in their life. I would go for Alexander Isaac, uh, Swedish, twenty one year old, seventeen nice. goals in the La league last term, only because I just love to see what Pep would get out of him. You know, like, what I've seen so far, is I've really been impressed with him. And um, he's got all the trickery and pace, but. He works his backside off as well. Okay, well, I really enjoyed that. That's a, the last 16 covered. Thank you very much, Alec. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Lloyd. Cheers, mate. Fingers crossed, Southgate doesn't bottle the team. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're all off to reserve a sunbed and inform Captain Mannering that they really don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, stay safe, be well, and come right and be...